Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast and this is the first podcast of the new year and I'm joined by Tony Welsh. Tony, how are we? Hi, alright mate, yourself? I'm very well mate and we're also joined by the returning Matthew Templeton. Matthew, how are we? No, I'm fantastic. It's um, fantastic to be back, yes. Fantastic! Um, fantastic, it's been, it's been too long, man. I know, mate, it's been a while, and you've uh, returned for the correct episode. <laughs> I haven't. If you know I what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. Yes, um, so, boys, we have to say, what a night it was at New Year, Tony. Um, you were safe to say, big man, you were... But quite well on, <laughs> but it's understandable. <laughs> ah well, mate, it was New Year, wasn't it? Exactly. And you, like, you, you're not a big drinker. Nah, mate, I know when to say no, you know what I mean? Oh, same here. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Matt, um, I think you should let the listeners know that you're now bald. Well, I'm not bald, I, 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 got a, I got a few all over at Hogmanay, um, I just before it. Uh, so, and it's going a bit now, but I think... I think it was a risk worth taking, I guess people don't quite well. Mate, life is all about taking risks. Just like what we've done with Stephen Gerrard, mate, and it's paying off. Exactly, that was a risk. I mean, it was an experience at management, and it's worked a street so far. Oh, it definitely has, mate. And as I said, it was some night, and uh, we've uh, we've got a lot to talk about. And uh, a lot of our listeners have said to us that they want us to speak about the old firm game. Even though it happened on the 29th, but we still need to address it, and Matt and I are desperate to address it, as, as you can imagine, Tony. So, Tony, we'll come to you first, big man. I'm not desperate to address it. <laughs> Celtic 1, Rangers 2. Celtic did not learn from their terrible performance in the League Cup final, my man. And remember I said on the last podcast that if Rangers turn up um, the way they did in the final, uh, Rangers would win on the 29th, and look what happened, mate. So... Someone to take? Ah, we've only got ourselves to blame. Uh, we arguably managed to play worse than we did in the final. Uh, the final, obviously, was a good while ago, and you just uh, it's so frustrating just when you're at home and you don't learn from your mistakes, and the only reason we get away with it in the final is because we managed to somehow scrape that game. But aye, no complaints for the performance. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, I've, I see what I've said to you before, mate, like, See, we played better in the final than we did in the 2-1 game. Aye. I, I agree, mate. I think uh, the final, you certainly had more chances and were more dominant in that game. How you didn't win that, I still don't know. But obviously, you rode your luck a wee bit against us We get in the corner. But you could say it's just as done, considering what happened in the final. Yeah, definitely. You know, and also, uh, considering what happened in that game as well, obviously, Edward's goal, clear handball, should not have stood. So, I think it was about time some favours went in our way but then again like that's like a minuscule thing we deserved the 2-1 win on the day and uh, obviously as I said we've got plenty to talk about but I'll come to you Matt um, I know you're chomping at the bit here so what a performance from Rangers mate an outstanding performance bullied Celtic in every department what was your thoughts you and, you agree with my uh, comments no I, I agree I thought coming into it I thought obviously um, there's no way Celtic could as bad as it did in the final, especially at Parkhead, where there was dominant. Um, but we came in from the first whistle. We were absolutely, like you say, we were dominant. We were winning every goal, and I think, in a way, almost took Celtic by surprise that how how we started the game, our intent pressing, our chances created, and um, 
obviously they got the penalty, I thought, oh no. But as soon as that penalty was saved by McGregor, I thought, this is going to be our day, finally get a win at Parkhead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it that way. Do you think it was a penalty? Um, I thought it was, um, to be honest. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, no, no, obviously, but then, you know, looking back at it, I don't think you can have too many, too many complaints about the Carthage was... Well, you yeah, thought it was harsh? I, I did think it was harsh, mate. I'll be honest. I, when I saw that given, I thought I'd be fuming if that was given against me. Uh, I get why he gave it, but I'd still be seething if mm. that was against me. And uh, yeah, as Matt said, McGregor saved it, and I was like, right, this could be our day. And then um, we need to talk about uh, Ryan Kent's goal, Matt. Outstanding, lovely pass from uh, Barisic, and a beautiful strike from Ryan Kent, mate, to give us a lead. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I think Barrison, she didn't just panic and the ball in. He, he got his head up, picked out Kent. Kent took it the first time and also in the post and in. And I don't think any keeper, no keeper wrong, just going to say that. It was just so accurate, so much pace in the ball. And um, that's why we was getting big bucks on him. And Matt, what was your reaction when Celtic scored equalised uh, from obviously Edwards' handball? Um, were you thinking, oh no, like is this going to be one of these days where we're going to get screwed? out the three points, get screwed out of a victory against Celtic? Well, like I said, once we see the pair, I thought this could be our day, but that was a very annoying moment, because like, obviously we scored, we just needed to not concede until half-time, and then they they, they got that kind of that dodgy goal. I don't think anyone can argue it should not have counted. Like, the laws of the game are intentional or not intentional, but it was off a hand and results in a goal, um, it's, it should be disallowed. Um, so that was, that was quite annoying, but... You know, we didn't let it get us down and we obviously kept going in the second half. Oh, second half, mate. We need to talk about that corner. What a delivery from Barisic and a bullet, a thunderous header from Katic. It was. I think Katic is... I think he's probably one of the best in the league. Uh, at heading the ball, he absolutely wins up in the air and he's such a threat uh, at from corners when we're attacking. Um, and he's, he's, still a bit, he's still young, he's still a bit rough on the edges, but I think... He is absolutely brilliant in there, and like you say, that that, that cross from Katy, she's came on leaps and bounds this season, and his left foot is an absolute wand. Oh yeah, definitely. And I have to say, like, see that header, that was Ronaldo esque. That was that. Like, see was. The, the way he leaped up. <laughs> see the way like Tony's face there, and see the way he le- leaped up for that. That was sensational, mate. That's something Cristiano Ronaldo would be proud of. Did you really just compare Katy? No, to but Ronaldo? I'm just saying he'll be he'll be like very proud of that. Glorious header The way he oh. leaped up for it It's something like Ronaldo Like it's something You would see Ronaldo do That's all I'm saying What I will say about Katic Is and I've said this For a long time He is your best defender He's your best centre half I know he's only young And he's got a lot to learn But out of football and ability He is Rangers best centre half On his day 100% mm. What do you think Matt Do you think Katic Is Rangers best centre half um, I think so yeah I think Obviously the more experienced head um, I Maybe him and Hollander um, He's always going to be there But I think on pure raw talent, and um, like I thought Tony said, I think he is our best defender. He could go for a lot of money one day. And Tony, were you not annoyed at Celtic's defending for the second goal because Celtic didn't have a man on the line? It was Ayer had, uh, well, aye, there was no man on the line, and you notice Rangers obviously had a few chances that they managed to clear off the line. For example, Stephen Davis? Stephen Davis, aye, there was, I think, two he cleared. But then Ayer just, Ayer's like, what, six feet five or something? He should not be getting beaten there. There's no excuse for that. And Katic, to be fair, you can't argue with the header because it was a bullet, you know, Nicky mm-hmm. for saving it. was down, headed down low away from him. But I I was really disappointed with the way Ayer tried to defend that header. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, see when we scored the second goal, Tony, it looks like Celtic just gave up. Like right after that, you were not in the game whatsoever. It was almost like they expected Rangers to score a second goal, and it was just kind of like, oh, 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 well, that's it, you know. Like, and it was what? What was the minute they scored it on? Like, it was. It was. Sixtieth minute. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. It was. Um, I'll tell you right now. It was. Uh, the fifty-six. Ah, you were close. So you know what I mean? There's plenty of time to get back into the game there, you know, even if you're going for a draw and you're you're at Celtic Park as well, there's I just don't think there's any excuse for the Heats going down an old firm game that early, especially at home. No mm-hmm. chance. But Tony, were you would you say you were surprised at how much bullied how much uh, Rangers bullied Celtic? And on, on the twenty nine, sorry. I wouldn't say I was surprised, mate, because I did say before the game if we need to play better than we did in the final and if we don't we're gonna get punished for it. And I thought to myself, if we're going to win this game, we need to come out and make a statement mm-hmm. and basically try and just blow these away and get a result and just kind of assert our dominance. But I did think to myself, if this is a tight game, Rangers are going to fancy their chances here. And the fact that Celtic played into Rangers' hands, and credit to Rangers, Rangers played well, deserved to win. But I wasn't surprised, no, mm-hmm. considering the way we turned up. Do you remember um, right after the game, right, um, see the, the group chat, um, me, you and uh, Joe have, remember, I was like, right, I can't wait to wind these guys up. Then right away, both of you are like, ah, fair play, Scott, he's deserved the result today. I'm like, I can't wind them up now, they've just like, praised me. I, I would feel like a pure dick if I did. <laughs> well, I didn't praise you, I praised... I know, but I'm talking about, played, you know, yeah, but... you, you went, for, 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 and you were like, well done, mate, enjoy your day, you deserved it. And I'm like, oh, they're just like, just give us credit. I think we're nice guys, Scott. I'm a know. nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Matt, I know you're a huge fan of Kevin Clancy, aren't you? Oh my God! Don't even get me started. <laughs> right, he had a howler of a performance. He he is. I've said this for many years now. He's by far and away the worst referee in Scotland. He he was chomping the bit to send over players off. Yes, Morelis probably did get sent off, but Morelis should have got sent off. I'm not arguing with that, but he was dying to send anyone off. And not even that, it just his decision-making was awful. How he did not see the handball. He was, Mate, he was looking directly at it. Exactly. Like how, how can you not see that? He's, he's truly awful. I think he's just... I'm not saying this like... As a tin hat on, I genuinely think he's got something against Rangers. And remember in the second half, right? See some of the decisions in that game. They're like 50-50, right? But see the fifty-fifty always went to Celtic. Like for example, see like for the penalty that Celtic got. Get um, Katic, uh, pulled. I think it was a uh, Julian shot. Right, he pulled yeah. Julian shot. Right, so he gave a penalty for that. But see in the second half, Matt Joe Aribo's shot was pulled in the box. Rangers should have had a penalty, right? But uh, Clancy didn't give that. Exactly. That's what everyone can universally agree on. We need consistency, and there's absolutely no consistency with Kevin Clancy whatsoever. Um, he, how, how, like you said, how he could give that penalty against Cardiff? I'm not arguing that it probably was a penalty, but then the same should have been applied to the challenger. And even how are they any different? I will not know. Um, it's just absolutely. It's just it's, it's really 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 mm-hmm. poor refereeing and. It's just got to the stage where, like, you need to question it. Like, is he good enough? Is he qualified enough? What, what, what's, you, need, you need to have a... If I was the SFA, it's not going to happen, but if I was the SFA, I'd sit down with him and look, listen, you're making hell after hell what's happening here. I think he said about uh, Willie Colm as well, mate. I think the referees in general in Scotland <laughs> are terrible. What? <laughs> I, I just saw them. John like, Beaton, I know. <laughs> oh, God, man. He's another... 
a terrible ref. And another one as well, another mistake Clancy made, Matt, was Ryan Christie made several fouls in the game, right? And he even grabbed Morelos by the nuts. And he did book him for that. Like, I think uh, if well, it, if uh, like, yeah, Ryan Christie, yeah, he got a yellow card, right? But he made several fouls. And uh, he, like, when he grabbed Morelos' nuts, um, he didn't get booked. So, and he obviously, yeah. see if he was making several fouls throughout the whole game, he should get a red. But Clancy was too scared to obviously, obviously send him off. And then towards the end of the game, obviously, Morelos got sent off. But in my opinion, Matt, I genuinely think he was, as you say, like chomping at the bit. Uh, to like uh, give Rangers players yellow cards, and uh, see when he's seen the, the opportunity to give Morelos a red card. Oh, he was he was all over that because obviously Rangers had won the game at that point. He was like, you know what, may as well like give him a second yellow. Why not? Terrible. Like, like I said, I'm not arguing that that wasn't a second yellow. It was a silly, silly dive to make. He could have easily got his first goal against Celtic. Um, but Christie, like you said, Christie should have been sent off. I'm, I, I, I'm. I don't know how anyone, how he didn't get sent off, sorry. He, like you said, he was on yellow card, he made several stupid challenges that I just don't know how he didn't get a second yellow. And um, yeah, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Mm, yeah, well, you're I don't right. know because it happens so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I just want to touch on uh, the way we set up, Matt. And before we come to Alfredo Morelos in more detail, um, how do you think we set up? Were you impressed with the way Gerard like set up with obviously a Rebo out wide? Um, and remember earlier on in the season, Matt, we were very critical of a Rebo out right, but he's really grew into that position now, and he's thriving, and he looks more confident and comfortable there. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought uh, the first uh, old form of the season, um, obviously when we had like a Rebo out there and. We had um, our field out wide as well. It, just, it didn't quite work. I think, like you said, Arribo's really grown into that role uh, outright. And he's, he's got he's got the he's got the skills to work at the right. He's tricky. He's fast. Um, he's got a good delivery on him. Great so natural ability to me. Like yeah, he's seen that. You see his ability like naturally. It is sensational. It is. And I think I said this a few days ago in the pub last week to you. The two best, the two most naturally gifted players at our club. Uh, are two wide men at the moment, Aribo and Ken. I would, I would say that's fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, your star man, yeah. I think every Rangers fan star man on the day was uh, Big Barisic. And I'm going to say this now, Matt. I'm going to come out and say that Barisic has proved me wrong massively. Because um, I said last season, mate, I was like, let's get rid of him. Um, he's no good enough. He can't cut it at a big club like Rangers. And this season... He's only went out his way and proved me wrong. And the guy is, honestly, mate, he's been sensational this season. He has been. I think I was one of the few Rangers fans who stuck by him and said, you know, he's got natural talent, just give him a chance. Um, but everyone was like, no, that good for him, he's rubbish, he's a big shit bag or whatever. But yeah, I was, I, I was like, no, we need to stick by him. This guy has got talent, he's just a good idea. And uh, ever since I submitted the game, I've been, I've been proven right. And... Uh, I also need to say, Matt, just a wee, a wee side note. Um, there was a video that you and I recorded when we were, were mad oh, at yes. the pub. And you said that, like, even though we beat us at uh, Ibrox, next time we play us at Parkhead, we're going to win and because we got Ryan Kent and look what happened. <laughs> exactly, he scored and we won. Uh, and, you know, people say I'm a bit of a fanny, but no, I, I know my stuff. <laughs> um. But yeah, Barisic, I, I thought that was a tremendous performance, but I'm still standing by my theory, Matt, that Gerard did say to Ryan, eh, Ryan Kent, eh, 
Barisic that right, you've got six months to prove yourself here because see if you have another howler like you did last season, he's going to get. I'm going to get shot at you. So I do believe, but Gerald's that type of guy, Matt. That he's the type of person that would say to a player, right, you're no cutting it. Right, I'm going to give you one last warning. I'm going to put my neck on the line for you here. So produce the goods, and I think Barisic just took that on board, and he's been like see ever since he scored against Mirren, mate. He's been a totally different player. I think that's what he needed, that lift, that, that something to give him a bit of confidence to kick on and have a great season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is possible that Gerard said that to him. Um, we, we, we obviously don't know what was behind scenes, but it is definitely a possibility. <clears> but yeah, that, that goal against St Mirren, um, I think it, was, it wasn't like a, a random goal, like a 2 3 know, where the goal was kind of meaningless. It was a, a goal that was a winner. Um, in a very tight game against a very well-drilled St Mirren side, that goal was an important three points and that, like you said, that gave him a boost and when he ran to the fans, you could see how much that meant to him and then like he said, he's, he's not no looked back since then. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So, <coughs> apologies, boys, got a sore throat. Um, Tony, we'll come to the Alfredo Morelos gesture towards the end, right? I know your thoughts on it. You're not offended in the slightest. Don't care, mate. It's just, there's football in it. Everybody's going to celebrate or make gestures. It happens. It's part of the game. It's part of the old fun. So, Matt, what's your thoughts on the Alfredo Morelos gesture? Um, do you think the, the, the uproar from guys like Chris Sutton, Tom English and Michael Stewart and John Hartson is rather embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're they're making making much more of this than it needs to be. And people I can see why people might have thought it was like a, a violent gesture or whatever, but he done it against Richland and uh, like we're not just pulling this out or bum. It is a thing in South America where he's saying the game's over, it doesn't he's not mean he's gonna slice your slice your throat or anything. He's saying time's it up. Means the game's over, done. And mate, he's not and, the only uh, person that's done this. Like, I, if I recall right, uh, Robin van Persie done something like this as well in the Premier League. Probably yeah, and but like, just because of Morelos, he's been made to look like the villain here. Yeah, no, like, the thing is, though, mate, the like there is a media witch hunt against Alfredo Morelos. Like, I think it's really alarming how there is. Like, do you see that guy? This absolute loser from the sun. I think you might have seen it, Tony. His name's Bill Lecky, and he tried to call Alfredo Morelos a waster. That's it. Honestly, it's xenophobic. Like, yeah, that's a very interesting point because I'm actually going to write a. I'm thinking about writing a wee blog piece on that because, but you see when you compare it, like the the treatment of, for example, Lee Griffiths to Alfredo Morelos. See when Griffiths was buying in goals uh, a few years ago, and this was after his uh, scandal of him like. Like being a convicted racist, where he remember he said on uh, to a guy on Twitter, uh, "Go back to your own country." And remember, uh, for the end, Madawi was in a pub, uh, saying Rudy Scatchel's a refugee. Like, but no one's acknowledging that. Everyone's saying Lee Griffiths is a victim right now. And we seen during the week, obviously Tony like against Kilmarnock, when uh, Griffiths got subbed off, he threw a bit of tape at a supporter. But Matt, see if uh, Alfredo Morelos done that, there'd be absolute. Anarchy and uproar from the media. No, hundred percent. Like after I started off last night, um, don't know if you saw it compared to the two, and like, uh, Morelos made a wee gesture to the crowd that literally Griffiths just throwing stuff at the crowd. Like, see, uh, I, I think it was um, it was it was Tomo actually. It made a good point in saying that if a fan throws something at a player, and um, they're banned for life, they get all these sort of charges. But when he does it to a fan, it's just like, oh, he's a victim here and that. I, I, I really don't understand that logic. 
Yeah, I know, because see this season, um, Tony, we've seen a lot of like fans throw stuff at players, right, and they've been dealt with. Right? I know it was only a bit of tape, right, but at the end of the day, football players cannot be throwing stuff at fans because, see the thing, it's all, like, the professional footballers need to conduct themselves in a appropriate manner and you can't lash out at fans like that because I don't think that, I don't think it's relevant what he said, right? He just can't lash out. Like maybe give him a bit of abuse back, but he can't be throwing stuff. Doesn't set the right example, if you know what I'm saying. No, I agree. I don't. I, you can't throw things at fans, and fans can't throw things at players. It's just that's just a straightforward rule that everybody should know how to follow. But as for like the whole Griffiths and Morelos thing, like you can't compare the two. And quite frankly, I don't care enough to compare the two. I think we should all just focus on the game, like. Rather than this whole, oh, but he done this and he done that and we said this and we said that. We just, who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, who's getting offended? With, because, see, you know? see the thing I'm, like, as like see the thing I'm annoyed at, I said to you off pod, it's just, it's, you see what Griffith's done when he threw that? I was like, well, it's only a bit of tape, but still we can't be doing that, you know? Because as we said, as you just said, like, fans have been st- throwing stuff at players, players have been throwing stuff at fans, like, for example, Griffiths can't be doing it. For, for on both sides, right? But the thing I'm mostly pissed off at is the fact that there is, I'm not just saying this, there's plenty, I'm not just saying this, I'm not, not the only person that said this, there is a witch hunt against Morelos in the sense of like, he's treated differently compared to guys like Griffiths and I gave examples of like, Griffiths, he's more like, convicted racist, etc. Whereas Morelos, yeah, he, can, he might be, he's a wind-up merchant on the part, right? But, the guy does a lot of good stuff back in his home for charity, etc. And he's a great player. And it, it's not like he's someone who's a thug who goes out and fights or just makes a, a complete arse of himself, you know what I'm saying? Like, off-field. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm annoyed at the the media treatment, the way, as I said, like, earlier, guys like Sutton, English, Stuart and Hartson are, like, what is fine for Griffiths to do what he's doing when he's done worse things than Alfredo Morelos. But if Morelos does a gesture like it says, time up, oh, like that's disgraceful that, like how dare he it's, I think it's rather like pathetic but, oh, but maybe we will have established right now oh, John Harpson is a player but he's a rotten pundit like, oh, I, I know I don't take anything John Harpson says seriously as a pundit anyway I just so like I wouldn't get too bogged in and whatever because see John Harpson he's rather he's, 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 he's quite uh, the hypocrite in a sense like because you see, years ago, remember he kicked uh, a it football player in the head? Berkovic, aye, Berkovic played for us at one point. Yeah, well. but yeah, he's so, like, wound up uh, about Morelos doing a time-up gesture, and I'm like, and then, like, the guy, the guy honestly is a clown, and did you see what he said, I think, the other night in sports, I think it might been last night, um, oh. he, he said that Morelos gave the middle finger to the Rangers fans, and Matt, you tweeted me about this earlier on, you were like, yeah, he did apologise, but come on, you can't be spreading absolute fake news like that. No, no, like, obviously, I, 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 like, I'm not a big fan of Harrison, but I had to, at least, commend, I had to be fair, at least, at least he did be the bigger man and apologise, or, like, a Sutton or a English or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, like, we'll talk about Chris Boyd. Um, Chris Boyd, obviously, has been in the, the news this week. Um, because he, I th- like, I think re- like recently he did have a goal at Lee Griffiths, and the uh, Griffiths scored against Kilmarnock, Tony. Then Griffiths like done a celebration, um, basically aimed at Chris Boyd, um, and then after the game, Chris Boyd, um, said that uh, Lee Griffiths has only played thirty four league games out of one hundred thirty five. But and what Boyd said was there was nothing in it. He was just stating facts. He wasn't having a go at his mental health because a lot a lot of people have said that. Um, Boyd has had to issue a statement 
clarifying that he was not making fun of his mental health because he wasn't like he did bring up Griffith's mental health once he was just stating facts saying he's only played 34 league games out of 135 he shouldn't be focused on me he should be focused on trying to get back into the Celtic team and uh, I think it was rather disgraceful that some people were saying that he was having a go at mental health right when Chris Boyd's own brother took his own life yeah like, I've, <coughs> I'll be honest mate I've been avoiding Twitter for the past few days because I've been fed up with reading crap like this because I'll be honest again I just don't care you know I want to focus on the game rather than all the crap that's going on outside with it you know I don't care what pundits say I don't care what pundits like what players because it's irrelevant at the end of the day I support my team you support yours and that's really all that matters rather than this whole oh but I said this and we said like who gives a toss you know what I mean just get on with it like see when I see fans like moaning like oh well, Chris Boyd said this and John Hartson said this it's like why are you letting that get to you so much like why are you taking like Chris Boyd and John Hartson two examples no it's not me for it no, I'm not, I, yeah, no I don't mean you, it's like, you're I, saying you. <laughs> I, I just mean in general like they seem to be the kind of two that have been mentioned a lot over the week they're two no very bright guys with all due respect to them and like everybody's getting so offended by like going after heats or whatever they're saying and I just so just get on with it, you know. That's it. Matt, what's uh, Matt? What's uh, Matt? What is your thoughts on the Tony, uh, Tony's comments? No, I um, I can see uh, both points of view. I can obviously I think it's about football. Focus should be on football. Um, pundits are there to do a job. Um, like Tony said, players should not like um, get caught up in it. They should just be concentrating on being the best footballer they can. And yeah, I think it was it was Gary Neville when he says like we're just. And someone was commenting on his comments on a player, and he was just like, "We're just here to fill time, to fill space for the viewers or whatever." The players should not be concentrating on it; it's be concentrating, like I said, on football becoming the best player they can. And if you do, you will never make it as a professional footballer if you concentrate on negative comments from pundits who, like Gary Neville said, are just there to waste a bit of time. Yeah, and I think that's a very interesting point you brought up. Like, see players nowadays, like even down in England. And uh, obviously up here, like you've seen that recently, too many players in the game right now are more focused on what ex-pros are saying about them and fans, like rather than focusing on their own game. And they're letting social social media and comments about them from the press or like pundits, whatever, get to them. You're like, no, if you want to make it the professional game, as Matt said, you need to like, like knuckle down, focus on yourself and... The only way to silence them is by scoring goals, not doing like wee gestures as what Griffith's done and like aimed at Chris Boyd. Like as Boyd said, don't focus on me, focus on your own game. No, I agree with that, but it's one of those ones that you know how I feel about Lee Griffiths, right? As oh said, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I forgot uh, about that. I'm going to bring that up in a minute. Right, well, I'll touch on it now. I may as well. <laughs> I, I basically think Griffiths is a lazy player, and I think his time at Celtic's done. And everybody that seems to know think this Celtic fans. Are, they're just idiots to be honest because like, if you quite clearly can he see that Lee Griffiths has spent his time at Celtic I just don't know what you're watching aye okay he scored the last game he scored in the game before that two very fortunate goals you know the first one against Thistle it was an open net but it was a mistake passed to him by uh, centre half Thistle and then his goal he got there it was a it was a goalkeeping error fair enough you know he scored and I'm, I hope he proves me wrong I really do like, I'm I'm the type of guy that I will be happy to eat my words if Griffiths does turn it around and start banging in goals but when he's doing these gestures and like crap like that to Chris Boyd it just shows like what like I as you said mate like 
you're letting that get to you. You're not focusing on what you need to be focusing on right now. Focus on scoring. Focus on playing well. Focus on actually doing your talking in the park rather than doing it off. Because it just I'm fed up hearing this kind of crap, mate. Yeah, honestly. and see, because you brought up Griffiths going against Thistle. And remember I text you and I was like, oh, mate, the Celtic Dars are out in full force. And it was like, they were all replying to the Celtic tweet. Or when Griffiths going like, oh, the king is back, like, and you're like, calm down, mate. It's like, see some of these delusional Celtic fans that have this, like, love for Lee Griffiths because he had, a, like, a good season about five years ago. It's like, it's beyond cringe. There's no question, mate, the guy's a decent player on his day and he will score your goals. And I, I hope he does. Like, I, w- I would love to see Lee Griffiths get back to playing the way he was a couple of years ago, scoring goals for fun, you know. He's got a one-day left foot on him. But... You know, it's just with all the crap that goes on with him out with the park, I just don't see it happening. And that's not because I don't want it to, it's just I'm being realistic. I just don't see it. You know, like any time like he had he had a free kick, for example, the other night. It was textbook for Edward to hit and he took it wrong sided and everything and skied it and it's just like we things like that, mate, it happens too often and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know? You see because you brought up that free kick there, I forgot how I actually bring this up. Remember on the obviously the old farm game twenty ninth? Where towards the end of the game, uh, Griffiths came on and he had a free kick and he had plenty of guys in the box that he could have crossed it in to. And guess what he done? He shot. Because he was making it all about him because he was that desperate to get one over Rangers and he shot, went right over the bar. And see, mate, that's the problem I have with Griffiths. It's not about the team, it's about him. And I'm fed up with that because you can't be at a club like Celtic and make it all about you because it's not about you. It's... Like you know, certainly not a club that size, and I, as you said, it was just stupid time of the game. You know, you've got a couple of wasn't it that one left to go, but I take a chance, put it in the box. Somebody might get on the end of it, but no, too far out, dodgy angle, and what does he do? I skies it over the bar, which I saw a guy on Twitter said something about that. Griffiths will come on and sky a free kick, and he was spot on. Mm-hmm. So you think? Uh, Lennon has well not Lennon I would say Celtic as a whole do you think Celtic as a club have gave Griffiths far too many chances I think I think it's to be honest at the moment we just can't we can't afford to take chances on players like Lee Griffiths there's far too much at stake you know like see if it was a couple of seasons ago when maybe Rangers were out with the league or they weren't even at their best and were 20 plus points ahead or whatever okay I take chances and maybe think right okay Griffiths can, Griffiths can maybe get back into his game and we can kind of afford to play him and maybe even lose a couple of games if he's not in form we can't afford to do that right now we need to win every game so I want my best striker playing up top every game if he can and he's match fit I don't want us to be taking chances on Griffiths and hopefully, hopefully he might turn out like alright because this season and especially after the game on the 29th we can't afford to lose anything we've got a lot to lose oh same here you know exactly so we just I we just can't afford to play Griffiths right now unless he's banging the goals in that's yeah. quite simple yeah and I think um, just the last, this last thing I'll say on uh, Lee Griffiths um, Matt do you remember um, I think it was uh, last year actually um, we were receiving Rangers beat Celtic 1-0 and um, I think it was like a day after or so um, Griffiths was out at the, the races getting on it taking photos having a good time and I remember Rogers got asked about it and Rogers said right do you know how Rogers would never throw any of his players under the bus remember he said right Griffiths is not on holiday he's meant to be ill but yeah he's away going to the races getting mad with his pals like that's that's very unprofessional 
Yeah, I, I do. I do remember that. And obviously, like Rogers was trying to do what he could have done with Sterling at one point. Like Sterling went on holiday, now give give a bit of breathing space, whatever. Um, but Griffiths just, like you say, just took took it the wrong way. He thought, oh, holiday, I'll do what I want. And Rogers was like, no, that you should be using that to get yourself out, get therapy, get whatever you do, whatever you need to do to um, get yourself better. But that does not mean go out getting on it, betting on the horse, he's getting pictures with fans and that, and it's, it was not a good look. And that's what I can why Echo, or not touch on what Tony said, I think a few years, uh, not a few years ago, sorry, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, when I was, um, when, one of the pods, I said that Celtic have moved past, moved past the likes of Griffiths, and I still stand by that. I think, in recent years, I think Dembele and Edward has really set the bar for what Celtic striker should be in Griffiths, in my opinion, is nowhere near that level. Uh, at least not anymore, and I think you should just move on from him in the summer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, his, uh, his attitude is honking, and he's he's just, in my opinion, he just acts too much like a petulant child. Um, but we'll move on. Is there anything else you want to, before? In fact, before we move on, do you want to bring up anything else before we go on to transfers? Nothing from me, mate. Um, right, so, Matt, what about yourself? No, nothing from me. Uh, obviously, talk about Aberdeen and transfers and that. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, we'll talk about Rangers right now, and um, we'll talk about the Rangers transfers and whatnot. And um, Matt, we've not signed anybody, but there's uh, been quite a few players that have left, uh, in the window this summer. No, this summer, uh, this uh, January. Sorry, I mean I'm just thinking about summer, man. I just can't wait for the good weather to come <laughs> back in the beer garden. <laughs> I know. So Matt, we we seen uh, Gredza left in the January window on a permanent basis. Do you think that was the right call? Uh, absolutely. Um, I thought when he did play, I thought he showed glimpses of what he could do. Uh, I think the Motherwell game last um, last season, uh, he done, done quite well. But I think his attitude was like similar to Griffiths, absolutely shocking. And when he spat on that player, uh, I think that was that's table what was table breaking. He never even got looking after that, and it never really worked out. So yeah, I think it's the absolutely great call. Yeah, and we've seen some uh, young loan players go out and loan. Um, we've seen, um, right, I'm going to butcher this, right? Do you know, um, he's, uh, right, would you see that uh, young boy plays through? Is his name Serge Atakaye? Is that it? Uh, Serge Atakaye, yeah. He's I got it right, right. yes. <laughs> uh, he went out and loan, did he not? No, uh, no, he actually went in a permanent. He went permanently, I got it. He went in a permanent. And uh, Zach Rudden uh, went to Party Thistle on a permanent. Uh, Jordan Houston went to Air United on a permanent. And some of the loan ease that, uh, well, some players that went out on loan, Jamie Murphy, um, Robbie McCorey, well, so, um, Jamie Barjonas, um, Nicky Hogarth went to Stalin Albion. Um, I was going to ask Matt, and obviously Greg, Docker- Greg, uh, Greg Doherty went to, who was it he went to actually? It was... Uh, yeah. Who was it? Sorry, he's not left yet. He's about he's, he's, he's about going loan, but isn't he? No, no, I think so. I think it looked like he was going to go to Sunderland. Yeah, that's I right. Yeah, that might, but I think that's fell through. So it looks like someone else could be coming in for him, but he's officially not left yet. Yeah, it's a, I knew it was a, a league club, a league club, <laughs> a league one club um, that he was going to be going to apparently, and it was meant to be Sunderland, uh, but. Yeah, apparently that's uh, fell through according to you. And uh, obvi- but so do you think Greg Dockett he still has a place in this Rangers team? Uh, do you think Greg Dockett still has a place in this Rangers team? Uh, no. 
I'm going to be quite blunt about it. I don't think so. Um, I put it this way: if, um, Grievous married. I don't think Gerard ever have signed him in the first place. So I think that kind of sees a lot. In my opinion, I don't think he would have went for him. Um, I just don't. I think our midfield is absolutely a step above Greg Dock at the moment, like the likes of Jack, Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Aribo, um, all just different, different class to him. And that, and that, that may sound harsh, but I think I think it's a reality of the situation he's in. He, like you said, his, his attitude is absolutely perfect. He tries his best in training, um, but he's just not quite where we want to be. Mate, see if I'm being honest, I would keep him to the end of the season as a squad player. Because um, I feel as though... The guy is merited a place in this Rangers squad in the sense of like he went out on loan to Shrewsbury, done fantastically well, and I still feel like we should keep him as a squad player, um uh, because yes, as you said, Matt, our midfield is stacked with tons of quality, but see if injuries start to stack up, I think Greg Doherty would be a solid hand to put into that midfield, um like and like for the title running. Possibly, but I think he's what. You know, um, he won't, he'll be, won't be playing like regular first team football. He's not going to get that here. I can't see us getting like two or three injuries for him to merit a place in the squad. Um, so I think him leaving is the best all round. Maybe like to get him out permanently if that opportunity came around. Which again, as as maybe seems harsh, as obviously a Rangers fan. Um, he earned his move from Hamilton. Um, but I just think it's best if we just. Um, so what do you think we'll sign any players this window I don't think so I think Gerard's pretty much said since the window opened that he's not going to get anyone in this is more about getting people out um, trying you know free up the wage bill a bit I think if one was to come in it'd be like that Tyrese Campbell but from what I've heard he's going to sign your contract with Stoke so apart from possibly that if that does happen I can't see any incomings hmm uh, see me personally I would still want to get like another right winger in I know Aribo's been doing fantastically well there but it's been still just to like give me some like reassurance and like not worry about that right hand side so much I would still want to get like a decent like right winger in because I still feel like we're still quite weak out in that area um, and we all know like how bad Ojo is I still would feel very uncomfortable, for example, like if Arfield and uh, Aribo were injured, I, I, like see if we had to start Ojo in that position, that would seriously concern me. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, Ojo, I gave him a chance when he first came, I thought he looked pacey, um, he, he had a trick or two of his sleeve, he, he, he made sure he made a couple of goals or assists, but um, ever since pre-season, start of season, he's really, really dropped off, he's actually been uh, the fault of a few stuff he gave the ball away and obviously that's lost as a goal but um, to be fair when he came on against um, when he came on against St Midden I thought he'd done quite well to be fair but again I just don't think he's good enough and we, I think at the end like, he really kind of handled us in that position Mate, do you think but, what, um, yeah, sorry uh, did you say that you thought Ojo done well when he came on against St Midden? I thought he'd done quite well eh? Mate, I thought he was terrible as always. The guy just looks like he shouldn't be a professional footballer, right? That's a bit harsh, but honestly, that's the way he looked in against St Mirren. He just looked all over the place. He just looked lackadaisical. His first touch was woeful. He just looks completely lost any time he has the ball. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think he's just, 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 he's
No, I agree most part. Most of the time, I would agree with you, but I thought the point against Burnley gave a few chances and he looked positive. So, but overall, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's anywhere near good enough. Um, so, Tony, what do you make of Celtic's uh, business this window? Oh, it's good to get rid of some Deadwood and I free up a bit of wage. Well, obviously, we sold Sinclair, which I was happy about because his time was done. Yeah, mate, some Celtic fans were saying that, oh, like, he's a Celtic great. He's a one season wonder. That's the best. He literally is. And also, I need, like, I need to just clarify this. Like, see that season, he had that brilliant campaign. It was up against the worst Rangers team I've ever seen in the SPFL, up against, like, teams that were, like, Pretty gut like garbage. Oh, compared to Celtic and Celtic won the league in a canter. Done the invincible treble, treble. No, no, like done the treble that season. Sorry, and uh, everyone, everyone was making out as if like Scott Sinclair was a Celtic great when he was leaving. You're like, here he had one good season, then after that he was woeful. Even when I think in his second season, I think he scored like sixteen, seventeen goals, but. It's like the Josh Windass thing I've had to compare it to someone Windass got a lot of goals In his final season at Rangers But he didn't actually Like produce a whole lot In the sense of like His performance Like he would get the goal And do nothing Aye Yeah that's what it was Aye. And then people were like Oh look how many goals he scored And you're like Stats are deceiving Wait, Like see if you actually Sit and watch Aye. Like for example Scott Sinclair or Windass Throughout a whole game You'll see they'll do nothing Sinclair his first season Was unplayable mate Like he really was But I like After that It all just went downhill he couldn't beat him there. Like, I honestly can't remember him actually getting by somebody, like, with a ball. In the first season, he would take people on and he'd always like to cut in, but soon, like, the, when the other teams kind of worked that out, he, that was really all, that was his game shot, you know, <laughs> one trick pony, mate. Yeah. And Celtic have only made one signing this window, and it's a striker. Oh, we've got two, mate. Oh, two, so- sorry? Sorrow. Um, oh, is that deal went through? Aye, there was something to put paperwork holding it up, but he's passed his medical. Oh, right, because the, the reason I didn't put him down in my notes is because it was, like, paperwork holding it up, and, you know, like, I didn't want to put that in, like, until it was officially done, so... But, yeah, we, you signed a striker, and that... Oh, and, oh, do you know how we're talking about Griffiths earlier on? Remember his reaction to that? Aye, he was, like, he put up a gif on his Twitter... Uh, it was like his fingers in his ears and you're like, why do this? Like, well, We've spoken about Griffiths enough. Um, we both agree he's a child. But yeah, you signed uh, Patrick uh, Kamala. Kamala, Kamala, yeah. Whatever, uh, obviously, don't really know anything about him. He's a young guy. Uh, hopefully turns out well, you know. But it's hard to get optimistic when you don't really know an awful lot about like a lot of these guys, which... You know, it doesn't mean he can't turn out a good player, but it's still that way because you don't really know anything about them. It's hard yeah. to get optimistic. And uh, there was a few loan players, or a few players about on loan, and uh, a Kowasi went to uh, Genk. Aye, Belgium. Or Genk, or say it. And uh, you finally got rid of Jack Hendry. I don't know went, why, uh, he's outstanding. Went to Melbourne City, and uh, that young boy, Lee O'Connor, I think he's young. Uh, he's like he I think is that the Irish boy? Aye. You signed for a nineteen year old. He went to Partick Thistle out in loan. So so you made two signings as window. See any more coming in? I think we'll maybe get another loan player in if but nothing major, mate. It'll just be another squad player probably. Um I don't see us doing any major business this window anyway, or near enough any window, but I I think we'll maybe be fortunate to get another loan player in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt will uh, speak about Hearts right now, a club who are being disarray. They've been in disarray all season, and 
<laughs> Sorry, Griffiths just came on the telly. Um, <laughs> Tony just point, uh, pointed that out there. But yeah, Matt, Hearts are a club that have been in disarray. They've um, sit the, they've been terrible. They've been, they're sitting bottom in the league right now. Um, but obviously they've got a new manager in with Daniel Stendel. And there's been quite a few players that have left Hincastle this window. Uh, Glenn Whelan, um, uh, Keena, uh, Kevin Silver. Uh, yeah, and Craig Whiten as well. So, Matt, the Hearts only signed one player. It's a striker, and his name's Donis Avadajai. Fuck knows, right? Right, Tony, one try and say that. <laughs> have a try. I have an attempt to try and say that. That one there. No, that one right there. Have an attempt to try and say Avid. I don't even know. Avidijay, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I gave it an attempt. I was like, Avidijay, God knows. Um, but yeah, Matt, they send a stri- they've only made one signing and it's a striker. Do you think they should try and make a bit more business uh, before the window shuts? Yeah, I think I think they, they need to. Um, they're obviously, they've been awful, not just this season, but for a long, long time now, at least 18 months. Um, I think, yes, they need to strengthen up top, but the reason part of the reason they're 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 at the bottom is because they've been leaking out goals left, right, and centre. Um, so they, I think they so let we'll find that defence and maybe bring one or two in there. But honestly, obviously the last two games they've, they've got two draws, so that that could be little little signs of improvement, but nothing major. Um, but yeah, need, need a big overhaul of that club. I think right from board level down to players. Yeah, and uh, obviously the whole situation with uh, Christoph Berra, what do you make of that? Um, do you think uh, Stendhal is like, showing him a bit of like, disrespect by saying to him that he needs to go and train with the, the kids, considering that he is considered uh, a Hearts uh, great? Or do you think Stendhal's took the right approach, the, the ruthless approach and saying, nah, like, I don't care what you've done, like you're training with the kids? I think... It's maybe slightly too harsh. I, I think I don't can agree. I think Bear is past it. He's, he's not. A, he's not good anymore. But I think he could have done it in a better way. Like, obviously, like you said, he's considered a heart's great. Uh, I mean, he's, he's the cap. He was a captain. So what I would have done is like, okay, you're not in my plans. Um, maybe find yourself a new club. But I'll still have you around the squad for the time being until you find a new club. There's no need for him to go train with the kids. I think that's just a bit harsh. I think. Maybe people tuned in because that's usually a, a punishment. Like Joey Barton brings to mind when he played for us. So I think it was a bit harsh. Decision to get him out of the club. That's the right decision, yes, but too many kids, no. Mm. Yeah, because I've said for months and months, mate, that Berra is finished, he's done. Um, and he cost, he's cost Hearts a lot of points. So he has, he's cost them a lot of points. And it's the right decision he has took. Um, but for me, I think, I, I, if I'm being honest, I do like Daniel Stendhal's ruthless approach where he's like he's taking no nonsense. Hearts have played terrible all this season. I just don't think he really cares about players' feelings. And um, I think better. he's been in the game a long time. I think he needs to suck it up a bit. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I just think it's a bit harsh and you go with the kids. No, I, just, I would just say... Listen, you're not my plans finding your club. I, I think it's only to be that ruthless, because um, then players might not be on your side. They might already have a pressure against you if you do things like that. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think he'll probably get a club 
Um, probably go to, probably go to another Scottish club to be honest, but um, yeah, right decision for him. What do you think, Tony? I truly agree with you. Really good. I think Daniel Stendhal does. Ha- he has to be ruthless. Like he has to get the dead without. Um, if Hearts want to have any chance of staying up, he has to be quite simple. Mm-hmm. So, Berra has been a passenger for Hearts for a bit too long now, and he's obviously recognised that. So he's got to just I get shot of him. Yeah, and uh, Hearts are obviously, as I said, bottom of the league. They're four points behind Hamilton. They're in a real relegation dogfight. Matt, see if Hearts were to go down this season. Do you think that would be a, like catastrophic for the club? It could be a bit. I think it'd be in very similar vein as what happened with Dundee United. Um, maybe like a obviously a big shock, and when if they do go down, which is very likely given their form over the last let's say eighteen months or so, um, it would be a massive shock. But if they do go down, they struggle to get back up. I think they would have to rebuild. Like when they did go down previously, they just stuck with the kids, rebuild, and then they actually looked quite. A good team, if they need to do that, they have to, have to go down and this time they go up, stick with the kids rather than bringing in all these daft players. Um, so I think one thing could be in the long term a blessing in disguise, but the short term it could potentially be disastrous. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we wrap up, boys, um, is there anything else you just want to bring up before we go into this weekend's fixtures? Um, no, I don't think so. Right. So. First, uh, well, there's all three o'clock, three o'clock kickoffs tomorrow. So, but we'll start with Celtic. Tony, Celtic versus Ross County tomorrow at Parkhead. It's, uh, it's a must-win game. All games now are must-win. Ross County are not a bad side, mate. Like you know, I think they'll give us a game. I think we should see the game out, obviously. But you know, I just I wouldn't write them off too soon. You know, you know I'd give them the respect that they deserve. So what's your prediction? I'll go 3-1 Celtic. 3-1. Um, Matt, your prediction, Celtic Ross County? Um, I think... I, don't, I, can't, I can't see Ross County scoring, to be honest, so I'm going to go with 3-0. Right, 3-0. I'm going to say it'll be 2-1 Celtic. Um, Aki's and Livy, I'm going to say it will be... I'm going to say 2-1 Aki's. Uh, Matt, what about you? Um, I don't know. Like Hamilton have won two in the last five. Livingston have won three in the last five. Um, only losing once in that period. So I'm going to go with two in all of us. Tony, battle of the plastic pitches. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'll go two one, Livy. I know. A quick mention on Brian Rice actually. Um. Obviously, Brian Rice um, reported himself to the SFA as he's got a gambling problem. So, fair play on him for doing that and hopefully a lot more players step forward um, for that. But I have to say, Tony, um, see the SPFL, right, or the SFA as well in general, do you know how they have this strict policy um, on players and managers gambling within the game and they'll, they'll receive a fine or a ban or whatever? It's quite, um, is the word irony, right? Did you say irony is the right word for this? Um, or do you think it's like, quite in fact, I'd probably say it's rather hypocritical in a sense that the the SPFL sponsor is Ladbrokes, yet they're going to punish players and managers who bet, even though the sponsor is Ladbrokes. Like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, mate. Yeah, I think it is, ironic probably is the right word. Um, 
it's it is a wee bit daft, but we also know how the SFA are, <laughs> how they function. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, it's, I mean, fair play to Brian Rice. You know, he, he had a lot of balls to come out and say, "Look, I have a problem," and he's obviously wanting to get the help he needs for it. So, I think the SFA need to take that into consideration that he's went out and done this himself. You know, and yeah. came forward. But, I, I do think it is a wee bit. Harsh or hypocritical to say that yeah we're sponsored by Ladbrokes and they obviously crack down pretty hard on people for gambling. Yeah, exactly, and uh, Motherwell versus Hibs, Matt. Uh, Motherwell been well. I wouldn't say they've been flying recently because their last uh, game of twenty nineteen they lost to Hamilton Ackies, but they bounced back in the league and beat Aberdeen one 0 at Petardry and they're sitting third in the league, four points clear of Aberdeen. And I feel very confident that they could get uh, third place. Um, but how do you see Motherwell and Hibs going? Hibs have been in decent form under Jack Ross. Yeah, I've been, but just having a look here, obviously, Motherwell have won three of the last five. Hibs have won two of the last five. Um, but I think, like you say, I can definitely see Motherwell getting third. I think Motherwell will be looking to get revenge. Although I can see this one being like a one-each draw, to be honest. Mm. Tony? I can see it being a two-each draw, both. Both teams will score a few. I think uh, Motherwell will still... Uh, I think they'll still be in a high after that result, Pataudry, and I can see them winning 3-2. And St. Johnston, Kilmarnock? I think... Can I, I think Kilmarnock will win, given the form St. Johnston have been in all season near enough. Yeah. And Kelly will obviously be wanting to bounce back after their performance against us. Um, so, your prediction? Eh... Uh, I'll go 2-1 Kelly. I'm going to say 2-1 uh, Kelly as well. What about you, Matt? I don't know. I mean, Kelly have lost their last five games. Uh, they've not, not looked good. Well, they're kind of improving under Alistair slightly, but they've still not got a single point yeah. in the last five games. St. Johnson, obviously, uh, are really inconsistent. Um, really uh, incont- uh, did you say really inconsistent? Inconsistent, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy this time is a boring 0-0. I'm going to, yeah, I said 2-1. So, St Mirren, Aberdeen. St Mirren, like, I'll quickly just briefly touch on uh, the game on Wednesday night against uh, St Mirren where Rangers played them at Ibrox and Rangers won 1-0. Matt, um, it was not a pretty game to watch, obviously, but St Mirren obviously set up with 10 men behind the ball and we all know they're a very well-organised drill side at times, and that like that game is all about just getting the three points. And like see times, mate, you can't beat teams comfortably and score about four or five goals. You need to win ugly, and that's what really good sides do. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, like just look at out the kind of bottom six. Um, they're apart from the commander, have conceded the, the least. So that like I said, a very well drilled squad. Jim Goodwin, obviously back in his day, was a uh, defensive-minded player, so that translates over to his management style. Um, but like you said, you can't always win four or five nils. Sometimes you need to win like it one nils, win, call it a day, move on. Um, and then the day you win three four nil, you win one nil. It's still three points. It doesn't change. So yeah, it's a good win, and that's the type of game last. I know it's a cliche this season, but it's a type of game last season we could have easily dropped points in. Yeah, I'm going to say one each, uh, Tony. Uh... 
I think St Mirren will fancy their chances, mate, considering they've been playing all right. I think 1 0 St Mirren. Uh, what about you, Matt? St Mirren, Aberdeen? Um, do you know what? I'm going to echo you. I'm going to say 1 0 St Mirren. Um, Hearts versus Rangers in Sunday, Tony? I think it's inevitable Rangers will pick up the points. You know, I know Hearts will be wanting to prove a point, but I just they're not good enough, mate, to get. No, they're not. And up. the fact that, yeah, there's been quite a few players that have left Hindcastle they've only brought they've only brought one striker in or like one player in like I was expecting a massive overhaul in January I thought they were going to bring in maybe at least six or seven players and they've only brought in one and we've all seen how poor and weak that Hearts team is so if I was a Hearts fan I would not have great contents going forward if I'm being honest what about you Matt? Yeah no I think Obviously, Levine and that, they just try to they put boring football on that. But instead, they'll try to actually play good football, play from the back, play decent enough. And I think that'll play into our hands. Um, especially at home, they want to impress our fans, try and get three points back. I, I can see us genuinely winning about 2-3-0. Is Morelos back? I'm not sure. I'm just saying. Um, I'm not sure he is. It was a second yellow, so it's only a one-game ban. Yeah, so I was obviously bad against Ferrari's bad against Spurs. It could well be back. Um, if he is back, definitely a 2-3-0. Um, but, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to say it will be a 2-0 win, Rangers. I'm feeling confident. I don't see any real threat from Hearts in the final third whatsoever. And uh, I think it should be a comfortable day at the office. I hope I'm not eating my words next week. But on paper, it should be. So, boys, good first podcast back. Uh, Probably enjoyed it. And uh, that's three years the podcast has been going. Three years, eh? That's quite a long time. Many episodes and many more to come. Exactly, bro. So, guys, take care. And until next time, we'll see you soon.